Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 78. John and Wendy talked to Vadim Lieberman. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How's it going, John? I'm doing really well, Wendy. This show comes out right before the latest monthly chat. So we have some uh, friends who will be helping us out since we'll be in Florida uh, as we talk about some uh, HR shenanigans, um, employment law, maybe talk about some of the more funny things that have happened to us that would fit into that bill. I'm, I'm excited about this one. And yes, we're very fortunate to have some folks helping out. I know for sure we'll have Kate Bischoff with us. We've yeah. invited some other folks and maybe by the time this show comes out, we may have been able to announce them. We'll have to wait yeah. and see, but Yes, we will be wrapping up the 5K, and so we we yeah. called in some reinforcements because we didn't want to lose a chat, and we certainly didn't want to lose the momentum there. I right. think it's going to be super fun. I don't think we've done employment law yet, so absolutely should be a lot of fun conversation. And those of you that know us know we'll keep it light, we'll keep it entertaining, and man, we certainly know Kate can bring the party, so right. definitely <laughs> looking forward to it, and, and it will be a yes. great way to end that first day before things really get kicked off with a, with HR Florida. Yes, we'll get uh, we'll, we'll get that all taken care of and uh, get the shenanigators out and about for that. Well, more to come there once we get there. I, I am really excited about tonight's guest. You know, we finally had a chance to meet Vadim at HR Redefine back in May and really enjoyed the conversations we were having there and learning more about him and fortunate enough to have him have some time to come to the show. So, Wendy, I'll let you make the introduction. We will get started. Super excited to um, introduce Vadim. Said we had a chance to meet him earlier this year and finally, and so that was fantastic. Uh, he is a workplace renegade, advancing how we think, work, and live, unless, of course, he's too busy watching Real Housewives on Bravo. He's also strategy and insights lead at the Star Conspiracy, a marketing agency devoted to human capital management brands. And when he's not trying to break the rules at work, he is encouraging others to break the rules as an organizer of Disrupt HR New York City. Vadim, welcome to the show. And our first question, what's in your glass? Oh, my God. Hi, you guys. So happy to be here. So um, Diet Coke is in my glass. What else uh -huh. would there be? I mean, there's no other soda that even should exist. You know? Really? Absolutely. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's Diet Coke or bust. <laughs> You, Jen McClure, Mary Faulkner, and Lorena Pibon, and Robert Teachout, all of you can get together and have a Diet Coke party at the next major event. Yes. We need to. We need to. <laughs> I've weaned myself off Coke Zero, so I, I vaguely remember all those days. But yeah, that, that's that's certainly one we get a lot in it, Wendy. Or we've certainly hear a lot. We have a lot of Diet yes. Coke fans in the audience for sure. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Well, Vadim, I know what you're doing now, and I know we had a chance to talk about what's been going on in your world lately. What, how exactly did you get your start in human resources? Oh, my God, probably just like you guys. You know, when I was three years old, I wanted to involve myself with payroll and benefits and <laughs> I-9 and nine bots, right? Every I mean, three-year-old's dream. Exactly. You know it. Um, it's really, I mean, like so many people, right, I, I sort of fell into it. I used, I used to work for a business magazine, like a thousand years ago and my favorite topics to edit and write about were workplace issues I, I found I still find workplace HR topics just really intellectually stimulating you know there's a lot of psychology there's social psychology um, behavioral aspects it all merges together right so when the magazine closed I was laid off and I never really thought about the job in HR but you know just through some networking 
I ended up interviewing for a job at Prudential, doing talent management, communications, engagement. And, you know, at the time, I thought even looking back, it just seemed weird to me, like me and financial services and HR in Newark, of all places. I mean, every Manhattanite stream is to work in Newark, you know. And, you know, I knew they wouldn't hire me until they did. I tricked them clearly. And, you know, it was such a great experience. Like, for real, I learned so much so that when they, too, realized they had to kick me out during a layoff, I was able to land a role at my current employer in Star Conspiracy. So I don't really work in HR so much as, at least right now, I'm more, you know, HR adjacent. That's one of my favorite phrases, HR adjacent. None of us actually do HR. We're just nearby. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ad admit to that. Well, let's talk about your current uh, position a little bit. Star Conspiracy, you're a, quote, practice leader. Tell us more about uh, what you do there, what Star Conspiracy does, and how does that fit in with your workplace renegade reputation? Well, so actually, my title now is Strategy and Insights Lead, technically, but um, I don't think it makes any difference, really. Um, you know, the Star Conspiracy is a B2B integrated marketing agency. So most of our clients are workplace software vendors. So for me, my work entails consulting with clients, you know, from payroll providers to HCM solutions, talent management platforms, learning vendors, you name it, so that they can connect better to buyers. Like I help HR tech companies with messaging, research projects, content marketing, thought leadership, all, all kinds of marketing efforts. And so I love being able to help clients address their problems. And I feel like I should say that that's what I like best about my job. But like, I'm way too selfish to say such a crazy thing. What I like even more than helping clients is learning from them. Like I've had some great clients do some really cool things. And it's just been really fantastic to have my thinking challenged, challenge their thinking. And like at the end of the day, nothing excites me more than a great idea. So in my role, I love being able to talk about work. Actually, I always like talking about work more than actually doing work. <laughs> uh, what was the second one? Oh, how it ties into, you know, my workplace renegade aspect. Well, I've always kind of been the kind of person that um, aims to challenge conventions, break rules. And so given how screwed up a lot of workplaces are, I love being able to point and say, hey, you know, what you're doing is really messed up. Why not think of the problem this way? Why not do something that way? And so to the extent that I can work with clients to help, you know, improve workplaces and companies, that's pretty cool to me. So I love that aspect of my role. Vadim, we talked in your bio about being part of Disrupt HR NYC, and I really enjoyed the topic you spoke about last year when it comes to you know, the idea of a, the myth of authenticity in the workplace. And I wonder if you talk a little bit about why you believe that's the case and what leaders should really be exhibiting and what do people mean when they say authentic? What are they really looking for? You know, companies say they want the real you, but they don't and they shouldn't. I mean, think about this, right? Nobody wants authentic as leaders, managers, coworkers. And yet we see these people in business and politics all the time. We even like to say that we respect such people, you know, for keeping it real, but we don't respect jerks. We hate jerks. The point here is that I think it's important to just recognize that authenticity is not what we normally think of it as. It's not a character or a personality trait. It's a feeling. It's a perception. Really, it's not authenticity, but the illusion of authenticity that we want. Because think about it, you know, like when we talk about authentic people, notice how we only do so in the context of only positive attributes, never the negative ones, right? Well, then why not just say we want people who are smart, kind, whatever. We don't need to add authenticity as meaningless jargon. And people can use authenticity as an excuse to just avoid trying new things. Like something doesn't feel natural or uncomfortable. So 
I won't do it because I want to be authentic. You know, it inhibits learning and development. And I think, you know, I think this push for authenticity helps fuel this sort of increasing notion that one's entire job and work and tasks should just align with one's personal interests and beliefs 100%. And if they don't, then something must be wrong, right? Something doesn't feel authentic to me. I mean, I think that that's important to point out. But the, the other thing I want to say is that people can use authenticity as an excuse to reject feedback and criticism too. And then can you blame them? You tell people to be authentic. You criticize them when they are sometimes. Like that doesn't make sense. But here's the thing. So many companies have as a company value some you know, some version of, you know, be yourself, you know, bring your whole self, bring your real self to work, whatever. But here's the thing. Imagine you have a coworker who embodies that value of being your real self. But perhaps while doing so, that behavior contradicts other values. So no one ever gets reprimanded or fired for not being authentic, but they do sometimes for not living up to other values. And so here's the deal. My former boss told me that to be a good leader, right, you have to genuinely care about your people. And I'm like, no, you don't. You have to make people feel as if you genuinely care about them because the best leaders, they know how to mask their authenticity or inauthenticity. So all of which is to say that, you know, being a good leader, colleague, person in general, it's not about being your real self. It's about being your best self. So that's ultimately what I like to tell people about authenticity. That was my spiel, I guess. <laughs> What's been the response since then? I mean, do you get a lot of people that aren't vehemently disagree? Do people say, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying? Or what's that been like? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's it's kind of a mixed bag, but I will I would say that a lot of times people will agree with the logic behind what I'm talking about. And yet despite that, if you st they will still persist in elevating authenticity as a value. Uh, that people should embody in the workplace, despite agreeing logically that it <clears throat> doesn't necessarily make sense and it can have big pitfalls. So I really just think it speaks to how over so many years, this notion of authenticity, this push for it has been this buzzword and the buzz around it has been so strong and so immense and so intense that people just won't let it go. And I'm telling everyone, let it go already. <laughs> it's not good for the workplace. And it doesn't make sense. That is so true. We, we only want you to be yourself on our terms. You know, and that's the thing, like companies will say they want you to be yourself. But the minute that you do that, like I said, in a way that maybe they don't approve of, well, is it really being your real self that they really want? You know, there's, there's, so, there's so many fallacies in this. No, I agree. I agree with that. So with everything that you've uh, that you've been doing with all of your consulting, what do you see as the biggest HR issue coming up in the next five years? And what can we do to get ready for that? Here's the thing. I don't have some mind shattering, unique answer here. I'm just going to give the same answer that so many other people will give because it's actually true and it is important. It really is all around the rise of automation, uh, the increasing role of technology in the workplace, you know, the usual stuff um, about how technology will displace workers or at the very least change the nature of how people work. I mean, it's already doing that. As the role of technology increases, HR departments will have to rethink pretty much everything they do from training people to managing performance to engaging employees. And like people will still be at the heart of what HR does. Like I still believe that because at the end of the day, like what's a workplace? A workplace is still people working together. But actually, 
I mean, it is that, but actually, you know, it's, it's more than that. It's not just that anymore. It's now people working much more significantly with technology and that specifically technology that's just, like I said, become more advanced. So I think HR will have to find ways not just to improve the relationships people have with each other, but now add on top of that the relationships that people have with technology. Like I was in the supermarket the other day and there was this, maybe this is a common experience for people, but I hadn't seen this before. We don't have it in New York, but it was in a suburban supermarket. There was this robot roaming the aisles and you could stop and ask it questions, where to find products. And I think as consumers, we're getting used to those kinds of interactions more, but in the workplace, you know, it can all still feel somewhat weird and uneasy and uncertain. And I'm not talking about like necessarily a robot roaming around, but just, um, like I said, the advanced technology itself or even virtual robots, you know, the bots are taking over. Gosh, I want one of those in my supermarket for the next time that they reorganize and I can't find anything. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of cool. It was, it was cool. I was, it, it was really freaky looking and I was just like mesmerized by it. But apparently I was the only one because I guess all the other shoppers just sort of <laughs> like walked by it. That's the thing. They walk by it as if it were an actual person. You know, that's how comfortable as consumers we may have become um, with that. So it's just really fascinating. Interesting. Next big thing. Do my shopping for me. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Vadim, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection. And our first question is, who was your first professional mentor? And what was the most important or impactful thing you learned from them? I'm not sure if she was technically my first mentor, but someone who helped spark my interest in HR, someone who has always supported me, still does, is someone that I think, I know you guys know, I know a lot of people know her, um, Lori Rudiman. The way she lives her life personally, professionally, is just really inspiring. It's not that, you know, it's not that she's fearless because she doesn't give a crap. It's that she's fearless because she does give a crap. And I admire that a lot. I first got to know her when I was editing. Um, she, she, had, she was writing a column for the magazine that I worked at, the Conference Board Review, um, years ago. And uh, I was her editor. And she still, to this day, refers to me as her former boss. I mean, anyone who knows Lori... <laughs> No, but there ain't no bossing Lori around, you know. But, you know, ever since then, she's been like my fairy HR godmother, helping me in countless ways, just personally and professionally. So, I mean, if you're not familiar with her already, check out her site, Lori Rudiman. Um, and by the way, Lori, hey, if you're listening, you can Venmo me that cash for this plug. Thank you. <laughs> Vadim, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? Somebody, her name is Dina Friedel, um, F-R-I-E-D-E-L, if you wanted to look her up on LinkedIn. So she is um, an HR professional. She's a practitioner who's had multiple roles. Um, she's worked at Meetup and just a bunch of other companies. And I first met Dina through Disrupt HR um, because I emceed the events and she was a, an attendee. And so we just connected talking about RuPaul's Drag Race, um, HR, you know, all the important things in life. And uh, eventually she came on to present at Disrupt HR and um, she gave, uh, she, she basically half her presentation was an HR rap. I mean, it was epic. It was amazing. So aside from that, she's just an all around great person who is really knowledgeable about HR. And I just really enjoy her personally and professionally. And I totally, you know, encourage anyone to, you know, find her on LinkedIn reach out, connect with her. She's great. Awesome. 
So if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you'd give yourself based on what you know now? Probably just, I, I know this is kind of also cliched in a way, but I'm not going to say be your real self because you know how I feel about that. But I will say just be your best self. Like don't be what you think that someone else thinks you should be or say what you think is expected because, you know, that's just how it goes. It's expected. Essentially, like I would, you know, tell myself, hey, don't buy into the dumb, false notions of what it means to be, you know, a quote unquote professional. Like, look, being a professional simply means treating people with respect, kindness, empathy, and then everything else is just the written to get clicks on stupid articles, recycling the same lame stuff on Forbes and Inc. So that's what I would say, you know, just be your best self and fight those false notions of like how you think that other people think you should act. Be authentic then. <laughs> oh my God, don't try and trap me like this. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not prepared for this. No, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't say be authentic. I would, I would still say be your best self because sometimes your authentic self is still going to be like a jerk. I mean, we're all horrible True. people inside, <laughs> you know? And, and I think that's true. It's, I like how you're putting that. I had to had to put a little bit in there, but I, I think it, there is that difference between being your best self and being your authentic self. So yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. With you on that. So, Vadim, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR, and maybe in your case, the HR adjacent community? Well, you know, we talked about this a moment ago too. I, um, I mentioned it. You mentioned it too. I love being an organizer with Disrupt HR. Love working with potential speakers, actual speakers, just to brainstorm, refine ideas. The events are super cool and, a, and really a great avenue to explore interesting concepts and that perhaps people may not always feel comfortable talking about at work, right? Even more than that, I just love the community building aspect of it, getting you know everyone at all different levels and all different functions of HR and outside of HR, you know, in the room um, or at the event, just, you know, talking about all kinds of cool topics and making connections. And by the way, there's food and alcohol too. So you can't go wrong, you know? Cannot. cannot. I agree with that. I, I love the disrupt community. I love yeah. the, just the oomph. And we were, I was talking with Jennifer about it and she was saying, you know, it's, it's so much fun to see how it's gone and how the talks have just become elevated. They're so much better than they were. And I think that's, a testament to how it's done where everyone can see all of the talks. And so of course you're going to step up your game. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And I think, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure, maybe, you know, um, Jen certainly would, how many cities disrupt HR has, you know, just grown into um, it's all over the world now. Yeah. Worldwide. I think that's amazing. It's, yeah, it, it's speaking to a need that there is in the HR community. I think. Yeah. It's like, you know, and in some ways, I mean, it's the antidote or, or just, oh, I don't want to say antidote. Maybe I do want to say antidote. I don't know. But I'll, you know what? I will say antidote. It's the antidote <laughs> to traditional HR conferences, which right. they have their role and they have their purpose too. But this is just something a bit more, you know, a bit different, relaxed, low key. So it's great. I love it. Yeah, I agree. What's your favorite movie? This is really, this is like a Sophie, this is like this a is Sophie's choice. Question. This is, everyone says this is the hardest question. <laughs> it is. This is really hard. I would say it's a toss up and I've been thinking about this. I would say it's a toss up between basic instinct and independence day. Don't judge me, you guys. It's one of those wow. two movies. Yeah. I can safely say neither one of those have come up on this nope. show yet. 
No. <laughs> I can't say that. I'm not going to judge. I'm just going to no. say I have not. I cannot recall in a year and a half ever hearing either of those movies mentioned. I mean, movies. the modern day classics, both of them. <laughs> How about your favorite musician or band? Madonna. I mean, even though she's been letting me down a little bit lately, she's still, you know, she's still Madonna. How about favorite TV show? So this is also kind of difficult, but not as difficult as the movie. Um, okay, I'm going to give you two because one is a sitcom. So for sitcom, okay. it would be All in the Family. It was like oh. politically, it was politically incorrect in all the correct ways, right? Right. And then for best drama, probably Dynasty. Or you know, I, I mean, I love the wow. '80s. I know I love the '80s. I want to bring back the shoulder pads, the Aquanet, the blue eyeshadow. I want I love and, it. And, and '80s Madonna, '80s Madonna too. 80s by the way. <laughs> I gotta ask: Is Dynasty available somewhere? Like, can you? Is that on DVD or? I mean, I I don't remember. I mean, I remember that show. I was right. you know of the age to be able to see it, is it, but I don't remember that show. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Is it out there? I mean, do you own it? No, I don't own it. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I think it's on. I think it's on Amazon. I feel like okay. could, I feel like you could buy not rent it, but buy it on Amazon. I don't know though. I'm not sure. Okay. It needs to get on. So this might be a Midwest thing, but there's a channel called MeTV, and they have like the Jeffersons and all these old, awesome '70s shows. I woke up early one morning, and The Facts of Life was on. Oh, uh, love it. And it's. Yeah, they haven't done All in the Family yet, but I feel like MeTV needs to bring back Dynasty if they don't already, because that would fit right in. Saturday nights, like The Incredible Hulk and Wonder Woman, it, it's fantastic. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, I don't know what I would ever do. I wouldn't be able to get any work done. I wouldn't have a life. I would just be sitting there watching that channel 24-7. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like, if you did MeTV.com, you'd be able to stream it. <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Medima, <laughs> I, I always look for connection. Independence Day. I remember seeing that. It had been out for months and everybody I know had seen it. And I was in graduate school at the time. I finally went to like the dollar theater. And I, you know, I still remember people they, they'd probably seen it four or five, ten times at that point. And I was on my first. And I remember just some of the people just going crazy. You know, even like I said, three, four hours. It had been out for months. But you know, back in the nineties. Things were out for months. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you stayed around. I just remember seeing it at the Dollar Theater there in Lawrence, Kansas, and I, <laughs> people going just crazy. And I didn't catch the sequel. Oh, don't don't yeah. even do not watch that. I I was so excited. I was like, you know, I mean, Independence Day was my favorite movie. Obviously, I'm going to be like crazy excited for the sequel. Right. It was the biggest piece of ever. It was so. It was so, you know what? Will Smith made the right choice not to appear in it. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> it just, I'm just going to pretend it never happened. <laughs> if you're, if you're not watching Basic Instinct or Independence Day, if you're not listening to 80s Madonna and you haven't found me TV yet. So, but if you're not watching All in the Family or Dynasty, what else do you like to do outside of work? Oh, outside of work? I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, There's work, there's things to do outside of work. I mean, some weeks it just seems like there is, I don't even have time for anything, but I am getting better. Like I'm getting much better at like creating work-life balance. Like I'll read books, um, you know, when I'm not reading HR blogs, obviously, um, <laughs> or listening to your podcast, obviously. Obviously. 
Um, and I'm just going to keep it real. I'll be honest. Like there are weekends where I love getting super wasted on the weekend and go out dancing until 4 a.m. And I'm 43 years old and probably too old for that mess. But maybe I'm not. Who knows? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't think we've had that come up as an answer yet either. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> anybody willing to admit it, Vadim? Kudos to you, sir. Yeah, uh, we might have to. Maybe we'll have to share the photo that you shared with us during HR Redefined about your going out outfit, just to you know help people understand the going out aspect of Vadim. But I mean, yeah, though you know my my going out um, sense of fashion, and I put I'm like I'm doing air quotes around fashion as you as if you guys could even see me right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. Awesome. It's, it's fun. Um, That's all that matters. Yeah. That's all that matters. It's like you're having a good time. Exactly. Not hurting anyone, having a good time. Plus, I'm Russian. Like, what kind of Russian would I be if I didn't enjoy my vodka sometimes? There you go. Well, Vadim, if you weren't HR adjacent, what do you think you'd be doing? Here's the honest answer. I have no idea. Anything I would say would just be like, pulling stuff out of the air. I really don't know. And here's the thing. I mean, I never thought I would be doing this. Like I said, I never thought I'd, I'd be working even before my current role in working in an HR department in Newark in financial services. That was just so, I just would never have envisioned that. And then even after that job, like I never really working for a marketing agency, especially a marketing agency, because actually when I was in college, I majored in fashion design, no air quotes there. Like it was real fashion design. <laughs> wow. And, and then I switched my major to marketing communications. And I, by the time I graduated, I vowed I will never work in marketing. I hate this stuff like with a passion. And here I am now. So, you know, I mean, it's yeah. again, it's another cliche. You never know where life is going to take you. I really don't know what else I'd be doing, but hopefully something fun. I'm sure you would be. Well, Vadim, in this case, I'm glad you don't know what you'd be doing, and I'm glad you're not doing whatever that is, because if you were, realistically, we probably would have never had a chance to meet you, mm -hmm. much less have you on the show and have what has been one of the more entertaining conversations, Wendy, yes. I think I can say in quite a while. I, not <laughs> say it. I love everybody that comes on the show, but you, sir, have brought a levity and a, a fun that, that I really appreciate, mm -hmm. and I appreciate how you what you put out there and how you're putting it out there. I know there may be some listeners that don't know you that... Now they've heard you, they're going to want to. What's the best way for them to reach you out there on social media? Uh, just, you know, go to my website, uh, vadimlieberman.com. Check, you know, and you can always connect with me on, you know, through all the regular social channels. There's links there too. But yeah, I mean, check out my blog that I haven't updated in a while. I know it's horrible. I'm, I'm a terrible person, but um, yeah, <laughs> come find me online. I'm around. We will add that. We're not going to put you a bad person, but I will no. put the rest of it in the show notes. <laughs> Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for the listeners to reach you? Uh, best way to reach me is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, daily D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our monthly HR Twitter chat, hashtag HR Social Hour. How about you, John? HR Social Hour podcast.podbean.com. If you click on the left-hand side of the screen at the top of the page, three little lines, those open up. You'll find access to all my social accounts there. And while you're there, if there's a show you haven't heard, download, listen, rate, review, everything and anything you do to help us boost the signal. As always, we truly appreciate and we'll always say thank you. So again, Vadim, really appreciate your time and being with us tonight. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. 
Take care, everybody. See you soon.